today's sponsor is brought to you by GameStop for the gamer in you. For those of you that love to play PS3, PS4, Xbox 360, Xbox One, and any other system that you can think of, you can also go to GameStop, buy cheap games, or trade in your smart devices for store credit. Whoa, store credit. Nice. Exactly. So, go down to your nearest GameStop, or better yet, if you want to order online, go to GameStop.Crusade.net, and that is Crusade with a K, GameStop.Crusade.net. Just help Crusade Movement out by putting the little pennies in our pockets, and it costs you nothing extra. And really, GameStop is the only place that you even should be considering looking for fulfilling your gaming needs. Honestly. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Forced Fear, the show that talks about everything in the horror genre and including the show Fear the Walking Dead. Yes. Oh, I was waiting on my lovely host to introduce herself. I'm your boy, Khalif. And I'm your girl, Jamise. And I don't think we cover everything in the horror genre. Well, we try. We 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 dabble. <laughs> yeah, we give a little bit. We dabble. So, uh, we just try to cover some some films and of course right now before they go on their season break before season 3, we will definitely be covering uh, the rest of Fear the Walking Dead. And it has been renewed for season 3, correct? Yes, it has been renewed for or yeah, extended to a season 3. So, we will be seeing more of this saga unfold, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that was just a... Sorry, I, was, I thought you were going to go somewhere else with that, but... Oh, really? Yeah, just a little oh. bit. Um, Where else can I go? I don't know. I thought you were going <laughs> to just add in something else. But mm. basically, so today we're talking about episode 12 right. of season two, mm-hmm. Pillars of Salt. Yes, and I hope maybe you call. Usually, I catch why episodes have the names they do, and I hope that you caught the reasoning behind this one. Actually, I did not. I have my hypothesis. Okay, but um, I don't have a director for you guys today. (gasps) I think I okay. When we get to that, it just dawned on me. You know, I just gotta sit here and think about it because I did just see it today. I'm a day late. No, no, no. It's all good. <laughs> but no, no, no. I'm just saying that I have an idea, but I don't have a director. Why the, don't you have a director for that? Um, I was looking for it, and then when I tried to watch the episode again, uh-huh. um, it just did their cold open. So maybe I missed it somewhere, or it's maybe possible. I didn't watch the ending credit. So I don't have it for you guys. So sorry. But also, you already know who the writers are, which is Kirkman and Moore, mm-hmm. as always. Mm-hmm. And as always, you can catch this show uh, 9, 8 Central, AMC. 
Um, it also, you can stream it on your smart devices as well, which is what I do. I uh, have the AMC app and I can watch it. Usually I wait till the next day and I watch it. Um, you can stream it live. I, either but if way. But you don't like commercials, wait the next day. Oh, but the app will still give you commercials. So there's, there's no getting around it. Oh. But it's really good quality, the show. Better quality than, you know, you find. But you had to sit through good commercials and have they, I haven't figured out a way to get around commercials yet so such is life <laughs> sometimes commercials give you good information though like no I was going to try to plug but like but if you guys don't want to hear us giving a commercial um, sooner or later you could just donate to well just ask for money just just send money to our PayPal account <laughs> if you don't want commercials no I'm kidding I am kidding uh but in all honesty, sometimes commercials do give valuable information. So please make sure you support our sponsors, which are usually, um, if you listen to all our shows, we have GameStop, Agoda, PetSmart. Uh, make sure you support them. And by supporting them, you support us. And we don't advertise any companies that we ourselves do not use and have, you know, gone through. So, of course, you can trust our word. <laughs> you know me. So far, we're trustworthy. But if we were multi-billionaires, <laughs> who knows? I'm kidding. We'll still be real. So let's go ahead and drop that synopsis on everyone. Sure. The synopsis says, at the, at the Colonia, Alejandro reveals his darker side. A hotel resident becomes violent and Madison springs into action. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I think the synopsis was a bit... um Vague? Always. <laughs> you get these from IMDb? Or do you get them from the AMC website? Actually, I got this one from a AMC, but it's the same one at IMDb. It's weird. Because that's like, really, legitimately, that is only the first five minutes of the show. <laughs> and you get nothing else. Well, I'll say five to ten. But I'm like, that's... That's like not even the meat. It's not even a summary of the meat and potatoes of the show. So it's whatever. So first impressions. What was your first impression of this episode? It's okay. It's still entertaining. I don't know. I guess I'm just kind of like, you can kind of feel that they're coming to, it's weird when you watch a show like this and you know how many episodes are in a season. Um, and shows like these, unlike the net, the, the large network shows, in my opinion, you can tell when they're coming to a stopping point. It's almost like, you know, when you're listening to a lecture or you're reading a book or a unit or something, you know, when they're kind of bringing it down. And it's kind of like that artist, uh, that writer, Terry Goodkind. He would write these massive novels, right? It'll be like four or five hundred pages. Mm -hmm. And then That's not massive. That's normal. Sorry, I'm I'm over exaggerating. <laughs> but you write these four or five hundred novels. Massive is Kinfolet. Gee, Willikers. I didn't say epic novels. I said massive. Okay. But no, these books will be about four or five hundred pages. I actually think they're longer than that. Okay, I'm sorry. Continue. <laughs> they're pretty thick. I remember that. Okay, they're about as thick as the Bible. Whatever. Mm. But all I'm just trying to say with this point that I'm trying to make is that Terry Goodkind would write this book. It's four or five hundred pages long. And you'll get to about 398. And you're like, how in the hell is this book going to end? And then it'll go another like 40 pages or maybe 30. And within the last 70 pages, he wraps everything up with a nice, neat bow. Does he really? I don't think so. Well, there's a, if he's going to continue, there's something else that gets. 
I wow. only felt that way. I mean, you've read his whole Wizard series, the Wizard of Truth series. And but I really remember the first one the most. And I remember that it seemed like it was just kind of going along, going along, going along, telling the story, tell a story, tell a story. Then it got to like one part that was like super long and drawn out. And it was just like all one part of the story. And then all of a sudden, the last hundred, he's like, you know, and so it was like, oh. Well, no, no, no. He, okay. He, he and got he better. got I mean, rid of the bad guy and da, da, da. So actually, I think the first novel, in my opinion, could have like stood alone because could. he kind of like ran to the end and then it was done. But the rest of them all have that whole like, oh, it's the last hundred pages. And something else Wrap is going to come. And yeah. then let's tease this. Right. And that's kind of how I feel like watching this episode. Like we're getting... We're, we're, we're kind of circling, like, the circle started out wide at the beginning of this second part of the season, and now we're circling down and concentric and trying to get us ready to close out the season. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I mean, yeah, it does feel like cause the introduction, the introduction episode for the second half of this season was kind of dry. The second one after that was a little drier, but the meat had a little juice to it. <laughs> and then it started to kick up and rev up at this point, right? Well, I'm not saying there's not a lot of action. There's a lot of action, but you can see how they're trying to move the characters back into one area. No, no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. They're, they separated everyone, and now they're trying to bring them back mm-hmm. together. And that's the part what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, I got you. And so, thoughts on the name of the show pillar of salt the first thing when i read this immediately i thought of sodom and gomorrah right that just occurred to me <laughs> and because and during the show you have because you had um sodom and gomorrah that was destroyed by god right and when they had to leave gomorrah or Sodom. Okay, a lot of people don't know so let me quickly uh, you okay. got you got to you got to tell people where you get this story from well, you go ahead. You just fill it in. Well, I mean, okay. It's a biblical story. Maybe true, maybe not true. <laughs> it's a biblical story. And the Old Testament. And it was um Sodom and Gomorrah were two towns that were like full of sinners and they did sinful things and they were idol worshiping and doing all these terrible things. You know, they were like the sin cities. And... So then that's, that's where, this is in ancient times, of course, Old Testament. So that's where we start. So this is the story that Khalif is telling. Go ahead. And so <laughs> basically, guy comes down, tells Lot, if you, um, I'm going to destroy these two cities, but you're like one of the holy ones. I'm giving you fair warning. Get the hell out. <laughs> but then God is, but then Lot feels like, cause in the Hebrew times, they always feel like they can bargain with God. And they're always like, well, God, please don't destroy the cities. Or, but if I mean, could, that's his hometown, so he's... I know, but he's like, please, oh, no, not, not everybody's really. bad, God, please, So then please. God's like, well, like, <laughs> like, let me tell you something, son. If you can find at least 30 people... I think start out with 100. Oh, 100. But I mean, it, I think they kept negotiating. Yeah, and then he was like, oh, and then God's like, okay, 10. He's like, oh, I was like, if you can find one, it was down to one. You can find one other, I will spare the entire, both cities. But he couldn't do well, that. Well... <laughs> Lot had to get the hell out. Then it rained down fire and brimstone. The cities were burned. And but he said, but God said, but when you're leaving, do not don't look back. Do not look back. And so Lot's leaving with his family. 
and his wife is probably like, I don't know why you gotta be, gotta. No, 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 no. The wife was, cause Khalif, he thinks so negatively of wives. She was probably like, oh my gosh, my home, just, just one more look. You know, you always want to look back that one last time. And whatever. I mean, I was trying to make it funny. Like she's just nagging, nagging, nagging. I want to go back. I want to see. Mm-mm, and then no. she turned back and no because these, these are hebrews they're not like you know let's go run back into <laughs> she's probably you know look back oh my family my friends and yeah and so as they're leaving lot's wife turn around looks back and bloop, pillar of salt she is turned into a pillar of salt because she didn't listen and lot was like <laughs> well, never seen that before <laughs> god was not playing but it also kind of reminds me like i remember <laughs> this is one of my um favorite things from track is that our coach was always saying you know when you're running don't ever look back because it causes you to slow down you know in this human nature sometimes if you hear something coming beside you which is usually another runner in the situation you are going to turn but it does slow you down naturally so it's kind of interesting that that kind of it's always that issue you know just don't look back and so one of my favorite scenes from modern family i think season four i don't remember but gloria (laughs) runs over something in the road and she's with her nephew and he's trying to turn and look back and she turns his head she's like you never look back (laughs) i was like yeah just keep going just keep going (laughs) wow i'm sorry it always made me laugh no 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 my students got a big kick out of that and so I think the way this title ties in is the fact that you have the hotel, mm-hmm. which is um, a place that's been, well, we're going to get to that. And then you have La Colonia, which is also a place. And there is definite turmoil in each location. Of course. I mean, when you get people together in an end time situation, it's very stressful. You know, you're all in survivor mode. But in this situation... Funnily enough, I think if you come from a nation that's already at war, you know, um, for example, if you're a refugee from Syria currently, you would probably deal better in a zombie apocalypse than like a spoiled American just because you've already been without, you know, you've already gone through your trauma so you can just keep going kind of thing. But here in this situation, these people have never been at this. So it's extra stressful, I think. But also the whole thing about not looking back. Right. um, It comes, I think it comes, it, it rears its ugly head a lot in what Alicia says. Um, um, and the conversations, we'll get into yeah, that. Let's, let's, let's go ahead. And I'm just, just, I'm just giving out little well, precursors. Just right. let me do this. Right, right. And I'm just saying, I'm not gonna go into it. I'm just mm-hmm. talking. So I'm just saying, like, so she gives out these some things that says, and then when the aunt goes and talks to the the nephew, the mm-hmm. brother of the, mm-hmm. and tries to get him to come back, there's also something in that. Well, even from the very first scene, which we can, you know. Well. So, as we said, like, we usually will recap the episode, but we just break it down to basically the stories and not go scene by scene, but just tell the story of each plot. Because we haven't overlapped quite yet. We're going to do a little overlapping close to the middle of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. So, the story's kind of a little bit. So, it opens up with, it starts out with this man 
leaving, sneaking out of La Colonia. He walks over to the wall. He goes through the school bus. He attracts a walker. Well, it's not just him. He's leaving with his family. Well, I was about to get... Oh, well... I was about to say, and he dresses his family in gourmifage. <laughs> they all know the gourmifage ritual. Yes. And so they Gross. get through the herd of walkers only to be stopped on the street by a guy in the truck. Guy in truck. <laughs> gangster. <laughs> yeah, the gangster. And he's like, Yo conozco. I think I know you. And then he pours like water on his face. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, oh, I know you now. Because it's basically, it's Francisco who, if you guys remember, he helps out with the trading with um, the gangsters. The gangsters. Who give them the water and they give them drugs. Who goes by Los Culeros. Mm. So, which one do you want to attack first? La Colonia, Ophelia, or the hotel? Let's just go with La Colonia. We already started La Colonia. Well, so someone knocks on the trailer that Luciana and Nick are in and tells about and tells that Frank Francisco, about to call him Frank. Francisco That's short for Francisco. <laughs> Francisco left with his family, Alejandro. Alejandro, Alejandro. Is that a song, Alejandro? I don't know. It sounds familiar to me like it was a song. Okay. Well, Alejandro mm-hmm. is met by Nick and Luciana. He was, and he is informed that Alejandro, that Francisco left with his family. They tell Alejandro that the people need to hear from their leader. So then they have a meeting where he tries to give them a pep talk. He tells the people to stand together. You need to have faith. Death will not come for them as long as they are together. After the meeting, Luciana tells Alejandro that they're leaving and they need supplies. They say how they need to go to the warehouse, the supermercado called uh, El Pelicano. Marco has Marco has been expecting them for hours now. So Nick says if they don't deliver the oxy, then they will come looking for them. And if you guys remember from the previous episodes where Nick made that deal about giving the main gangster dopehead sister as much oxy as they want so they can get the water. Yeah, so at this juncture. But see, I really, the synopsis says something about like Alejandro's dark side. And I was like, what are they talking about? I think his dark side <laughs> comes up in a few moments. Uh, okay. So Alejandro, he seems, I think for me, I was getting that Alejandro is scared. But I don't know why he is scared. I mean, did you kind of pick up on anything like that? Not I think he doesn't want to be out there amongst the zombies again. So maybe that's his fear. So if the gangsters come, they'll destroy the sanctuary that they've built. But I don't know. I really don't try to read too much into it because, to be honest, I really don't care. You know, I'm kind of like, this is we're running into this. He's like the male version of the woman from earlier in the season. So I'm kind of like, you know, whatever. <laughs> well, I just think it's just there's some reason. No, the woman in the season, she's like death, and she was very stern. Mm. Alejandro just seemed like he's whatever's stern. going on, he's not that. And he's st- distrustful, just like that woman was. I don't think so. Okay. I think I don't trust the I don't trust the fact that he got bit by a Walker. But um, you mean you don't believe that he got bit by a Walker? Well, I don't trust nor believe. Okay. 
So Alejandro, well, he thinks he got bit by a walker. Well, that's the story he keeps telling everyone. Mm. So Alejandro dictates that no one, no one leaves. Period. Nick explains how they're waiting, how that Marco and the gang's Los Culeros are waiting for the Hoxy. And the best worst case scenario is that if they go give him the Oxy, they'll at least get some water. But if they don't, they're going to come destroy the place. <laughs> and they need to make the trade. And after this, Luciana and Nick argue. And then she professes how they're here because of, well, let me clarify. They go back to their little trailer, <laughs> their little honeymoon suite. And they argue about how it's because Alejandro, that's the re- he's the reason why they're there. And Nick professes, he said it with his chest. He's only there because of her. And she says, since I'm the boss, then I say we stay. They start to kiss, and then she leaves. Nick goes back to see Alejandro. Alejandro asks about Luciana and doubting her faith in him. And he seemed very guilty for doubting Luciana. Mm. Alejandro doesn't seem to care because the wall and the numbers will stop the gangsters from coming in. He thinks, I mean, he thinks he's protected. So just to, um, you know, so Nick is already, it doesn't really matter what Alejandro says to Nick at all because Nick's already developing his mind what's going to happen anyway. So he makes a whole little secret pack with Francisco's former partner and they agree to leave at night to go do the trade because Nick is like, yeah, 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 blah, 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 fade, la, 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 la. But I know what needs to happen. So it doesn't really matter at all to him what Alejandro has to say, what his girlfriend has to say because Nick has already figured out what has to happen, you know, so they they can get the water and the drug dealers won't come. Well, because also because the reason why, because they're they're running out of supplies, they're running, they're basically probably, they don't have any water or they're running really low on water and people are getting scared and now they're leaving, which is what they talk about. And as Mies talked about how he discussed, I did like this thing that um, Francisco's former partner told him, he tells him in Spanish, like, you Americans are always trying to fix everyone else's problems. <laughs> Just right. chill out. It's not your problem. He's like, no, it is. I like this place. <laughs> right. So, you know, I guess that was a little, I don't know. But we know that Nick likes to have some kind of control. And when he knows, and this is an area that he knows, so he feels like. He, you should believe in what he's saying. Right. So so as he goes back to his little honeymoon suite, Luciana is talking to some big swole guys, and she says they're like the inner circle. She trusts them. I think they're the other people who go outside continuously. Yeah. They're the only, they're, I guess I would call them like the runners kind of thing. They're the only they're others. They're the Glens. Right. So she's so she's like the, the boss, supervisor of that group. Yeah, and she needs to reassure them. Mm-hmm. Because Francisco leaving probably was a shock, and he didn't tell anybody. But he said that he was feeling unsafe. So something about being there made Francisco want to chuck the deuce. He didn't trust to be there anymore. True. And so as this little storyline with them ends, Nick seems a little worried. Luciana's asking about what, and he just deflects it. And he's like, "Do you mind? Do you do you mind if you join me for a drink?" And yeah, then, he had some water. Then cue the old R. Kelly music, and they go in and have a good time. Oh, whatever. <laughs> so then, like, 
you know, that, that we will come back to them in a little bit. But then we see that, uh, this is the scene that kind of like shocked the crap out of me. After we're back at the hotel and Alicia is hanging well, out. Can, what? What do you, where, where, we're going to the hotel now. Oh, I was going to quickly go Rophelia. No, I want to go to the hotel. Ophelia is a side story. We can, we okay, can put that okay. in, in a little bit. <laughs> so now, um, we're now we're at the hotel. Mm-hmm. It flashes scenes of them planting, locking up the main gates to the place, adding fuel to the generator. Mm-hmm. Strand is doing his love boat impersonation of cleaning and making up the bar. Right. The guys are fishing. Right. Alicia, and now we're at Alicia's learning how to surf from Hector. So it looks like we have some normalcy. Mom Madison brings out some ice drinks. It's like, whoa, ice drinks. You know, they haven't had ice in so long. This is amazing. She's like, yeah, I got the generator working. You know, based a little bit of ice. And then she's like, can you come with me? Oh, well, before that, she's talking to Hector about how protective her mother is. And she confides that she missed her brother, that she missed her brother. And, and, we, and it was not, she does, she missed the guy he used to be, not the guy he is now. And so Hector confides and says to his br- says that his brother is also gone, and he's held up with the Los Culeros in Tijuana. So here we have the overlap because that is the same gang that provides the water for La Colonia, and we're going to actually go out and see his brother in a little bit because crazy mom. <laughs> Well, you're jumping ahead. I just, you know, because the little small stuff, you know, we're like we get off the beach and we go back to the hotel and we're having this nice little family moment. And then the door, you know, I mean, I'm getting to that part, you know, we're getting to that part. Well, <laughs> so basically they go back, they're having a meeting. They're talking about how, how they're going to run the generator. Don't run the generator at night. Keep the lights off. No, they won't on. run it at night. Yeah, keep it off. Yeah, you said they'll run it at night. No, they won't run it at yeah. night. They keep keep it off so you don't attract people. And maybe like once a week they said to get the ice or whatever. Yeah, I like I was like, ooh, foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Ice is gonna be a commodity. And so you have where um they're talking about what to do. Someone knocks on the door, Strand goes says he'll get it, and all of a sudden the mom of the dead girl the mother, uh, the mother of the dead girl is like, you took my daughter away from me and stabbed Strand. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, out like, loud, Ooh. you know, it was like, golly day. So, of course, now Strand is injured. And so the mother, he's so, going to need some help. So now Oscar, a, a guy named Oscar comes in and they're trying to attend to Strand, dress the room. The wound, Oscar had some medical background, medical about background. a year and a half of medical school, he said. So he's like, well, we can't he needs blood, but we can't get it. So there's some medicine that can make his body make more blood cells to heal itself. And this is what it's called. And so time for admission. <laughs> so then when we go, um, it's going to be Madison and. I forget what's what's the host? Elena. Elena. But Elena tells them about the uh, the supermercado. Right, because she knows she's like it's a drive, but there's a place that we uh-huh. can get some stuff from. So Madison tells a pain strand they're going to get the medicine. Madison tells everyone in the room that Eileen. Who, oh, that's the, the crazy mom. That's the crazy mother's name. She need to be locked up. Needs to be <laughs> locked away. And this is all like, ooh, a Maddie Tatership. 
because she's like, if anyone raises a hand in violence to anyone, you're getting kicked out. That's not a that's not a dictatorship. I mean, she was honest. She's like, we can't have fighting amongst ourselves, and that's violence. And really, she should be kicked out. But because there's this weird kind of peace between, and they're kind of loyal to the crazy mom, then she's like, well, we'll just because we know she went stabby stabby, we'll just lock her up, and hopefully, maybe she'll come to her senses, or maybe she won't. <laughs> And so Elena was talking about um, to Hector about his brother. But Madison said they'll only be gone for two hours. So as they're talking about it, Hector tells that tells he's talking to Elena and he's like, he chose Los Culeros over his family and he doesn't want to go. So he decides not to go. So instead, the the husband goes, the husband of the. You know, the the, the, the groom, the groom yes, goes with them. The groom went. <laughs> no, excuse me. So here's a little merry bunch going so on off. <laughs> so they go, they arrive at El Pelicano with the ice chest full of full of fish for a hot trade. Mm-hmm. The guards allow only the women to enter. And Elena sees her nephew. They offer the fish and and they want to trade that for what's on the list but they're excited to see the fact that they have a chest full of ice right so he's like you can give me more of this then we can get you whatever you want and she's like anything you want me hold anything and then she's of course trying to convince him to come back and he's like well you and my brother can come here and she's like no <laughs> no you should come we're with family us. we we're safe at the hotel he's like we're safe here and she's like it's not your family you know, but, but then all of a sudden you hear this argument in Spanish. Elena begins to translate for Madison because she's like, what is she saying? Mm-hmm. And she said that there is a woman and a boy that they're they're talking about this woman. They're looking for a woman and a boy with the ratty hair. Who's a gringo, an American. Yes. So she automatically knows it must be about her son. So she takes off to go confront the the drug lord or whatever. Well, she interrupts. <laughs> she interrupts the drug lord's interrog- mm-hmm. interrogation. And as Madison is trying to get answers, Francisco' wife's apologizing because she knows, because she knows who Nick is. She's like, "Is it my son? Is his name Nick?" And when she heard, so when the wife, you can see it on her face when you hear the when she says Nick, she kind of like, "Oh, lo siento." She says, "I'm sorry," and she puts her head down and she's like, "You know him and." Elena's like, her husband, go. her husband told him not to say anything. And she's like, we got to go. Madison, you done crossed the wrong people. We have to go. Mm-hmm. So that's how that, and at some point. So Antonio says, he um, says he, his brother should have chosen him. So now should have chosen to come to Los Culeros with him. But since he didn't, to hell with him. The Los Culeros is his family. Hmm. And, he and warns, I'm kind of like, this drama is kind of like so lame. Well, this I didn't really care about. But he's like, he warns them not to come back because Los Guleros won't be there much longer. Right. So I guess they're preparing to move on down the road. To somewhere else. Maybe they're planning to take over Colonia. Well, I think they're looking for a place to be their own because they're, they're locked. Hanging out in a supermarket. Yeah. A, <laughs> so I guess they see in La Colonia, but... I'll get to that later. Yeah. So they discuss her experience. Of, so then now you get to Oscar, who's tending the strand. Strand is looking like crap. Um, he's bleeding out. They're trying to keep pressure on him because he needs that medicine to promote more red blood cells. Alicia asks to get ice to cool him down. Oscar says, no, he needs to stay warm. So when Oscar leaves, Strand makes a couple jokes about his bedside manner is awful. 
Alicia is pretty good. Alicia talks about how there's a few things she won't say. And he's like, what is that? I will never say that you're going to get better. And no, 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 no. That That's... <laughs> that you misremember that part. Well, what did she say? Well, no, she she's like, there are some things... Because she, she, we f- find out that she actually had been... A volunteer. Uh, yeah, at a hospital with nurses. And she said, you know, nurses will tell you, you know, um, sometimes not saying something is as good as saying something. And, there, and she said, there's some things that I just wouldn't say. You know, and but she, but uh, with him, she just she didn't say I won't say you'll get better. But she's like, um, you know, it's, it's unsure. She doesn't say I don't think so. I'll never say you'll get better. But she's unsure. And he was so like, wow, you should have you should have. She said she wouldn't tell him that, you know, that she knows for sure. And that was kind of like and he was like, well, I take it back. Your bedside manner. And she's like, well, I didn't think you wanted me to sugarcoat it because I don't know. They don't get back in time with the medicine, you know. And so I thought that was a little... It's the second time he's been deathly injured. And so as they're discussing that, she began to talk about how Strand asked her, you said a while back that you raised yourself. What did that mean? And he said, well, my mother was really busy taking care of everyone else. And so she, she was chasing after Nick with his drugs and addiction. Actually, she was talking about herself. Alicia's talking about herself. She said that she took care of her brother through withdrawals and all this stuff. And then she, and then she's like, and then there was my dad. And so then she asked, well, what about your mom? She's like, well, you know, she had a lot on her plate. Oh, well, that's yeah. what I kind of assume mm-hmm. that she was running and taking care of everybody else. So Alicia basically felt like she got left out and she doesn't feel that her mother sees her even now. And Strand was like, we'll make her see you. Yeah, pretty much. So this is like an ongoing theme, mother-daughter. So Elena, they come back. Elena signals to Hector that the brother didn't come. Hector looks pissed and walks off. Mm -hmm. Alicia's trying to figure out what the hell happened. And Elena says, your mom tangled with the wrong people. Mm -hmm. They mentioned some gringo, and they could have, that could have been your brother. So she relays the description about what happened. The description of him, what happened, and then the lights of the hotel cut on. Alicia goes to talk to her mom. They argue about turning it off, and she's like, please just trust me, which is a theme, a reoccurring theme that people keep asking for in this damn episode. It's true, yeah. Because that kind of is, like you said, in the Bible story, Lot was just telling his wife, you just have to trust me, you know. And so Alicia says, so and and so Alicia tells her and he's like you he is the one who chose what was out there. And she asks, why am I not why is I'm here? Why is this not enough? Oh, cuz Madison's like, well maybe he changed his mind. She's like, I never did. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just it's kind of sad cuz it's almost like she's like, choose me, mom, choose me. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're like, oh, poor Alicia. Oh, I know. I was like, oh, poor baby. I choose you, Alicia. I choose you. Mm, Sophie's choice. Mm-hmm. One of them. I think it's on. Well, I'll get to that in a minute. Mm. But she did bring up a good point, And I didn't mention this because it, I think it was in one of the previous episodes where they're like, oh, should we go looking for Ophelia? And she's like, no, Ophelia choose to choose. She chose to laugh. Damn. Mm-hmm. She chose to leave. <laughs> And so she's really this thing that I'm I'm sensing with Alicia. She's like, who's ever here is what matters. 
If you make you, choices in life. If you choose to stay, then you stay. Then I will treat you as a part of the whole. But the moment that you decide to get the get the stepping, then don't let the good don't let the doorknob hit you with the good Lord split you. I don't think she feels that strongly, but it's just kind of like no. You have to listen to the way she's fighting, like the way she says it. Like when the mom mentions, like in the previous episode, well, we should go look for Ophelia. And she yeah, goes, no, I remember. Ophelia chose to leave. And she said it sternly. Not, it wasn't that sternly. She was just, I, it was like she was upset. She was still upset about it. It didn't think it was stern. It was like upset. She, it's like still unbelievable. She chose to leave. So what are we doing chasing after someone who doesn't want to stay here? And that's what I think she, that's what I, that's what I feel like she's pointing out. She doesn't want to be here. So why waste the energy? Why waste the resources when we're already here? It's about learning to love someone and let them go. And that's kind of where Alicia is at because it's like, you know, the, the father, they had to love him and let him go because he died. And then with Nick, she's kind of like, well, we loved him. We let him go because he, this is the choices he keeps, he keeps making the same choice and you can't just keep putting yourself out there for someone like this. It's an addictive personality. You gotta learn to love him and let him go. So with Ophelia, same thing. Love him and let him go. You know, if they come back, then we op- welcome them with open arms. We're not gonna go out running after them anymore. This is, times have changed. And so she's like hoping that Nick will see with the lights being turned on because Alicia's like, you're going, with the lights on, you're going to attract People can see these lights for miles around, mm. and now you're going. Well, to yeah, attract, when everything is dark, <laughs> and now you're going to attract the wrong people, and that's not what we want. Or even the right people. We just don't want more people. I mean, you only have so much resources. No, exactly. So but, even if they're good, even if they were a bunch of nuns, it would still be like no. <laughs> but the thing I did like is that it, it it pans out into like the desert area, and you see this bearded man just walking. And it's a hobo Moses looking Travis staring at the hotel, which was kind of like looking back to where he belongs or something like that. And then the lights went out. So, And that's what I liked. And I was like, ooh. That was a good way to end the show. But I thought Travis was by himself. Yeah. So we're quickly one through since we picked on Ophelia. Ophelia has gone on a quest. (laughs) Ophelia took the truck and she pulls into a, a small resort called Cielo. Um, there, but there's a place that when she walks in, and I didn't, and I told you that I didn't get this at first, that connection when I first saw it, uh-huh. that this place was a place where they had her and her boyfriend boyfriend went on a on a trip. Yeah, she so she has been here before. She's been there before. So there's this flashback of her being it's proposed beautiful. to by her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And she seems to me, she seemed very scared of the proposal, but very happy about it. Right. But she said she will talk to her mom. Right. And now, but then it flashes back. Now she's looking at a map. She's um, sucking gas fuel from vehicles. And Ophelia is still looking at the map and she goes and then it flashes back to where she goes to talk to her mother. She tells her mom that it was just, and I got that part, that it was just a girl's trip because the mom is asking about it. Mm-hmm. And then she talks to her mom about, like, when you know when you're in love. Mm-hmm. And she was like, God, like, she mentioned how when she met her dad, how God, like, spoke to her or something and like she that. she was like, really, mom? She's like, I just fell in love. <laughs> so. Yeah. And then, but she talks about, but she did mention about how much her and the dad did suffer together in their home country. 
and they made sacrifices, especially for their daughter, so she wouldn't have to grow up in fear. And she talks about the nightmares they face and to not live in fear is what they really want. And she and the dad would have done anything for their daughter. Well, the mom's the mom clearly says she's like, I would have done anything for you. And then she said, and I would have done anything for your father. And that's what that's what mom says. So that's what she remembers when she says, oh, I understand now, mom. And she has the, the crucifix. Her mother's crucifix. In I don't hand. think that's her mother's crucifix. I thought it was. Remember when Nick was. Oh, snap. Nick did give her. <laughs> yeah. Yes, because she didn't. I think she lost hers or something somehow. But Nick brought it from the luggage that was on that beach when he first learned how to gourmifage. So, <laughs> so that's a gift that Nick had given her. Which is really sweet. And so, so we see that she's where she's going. And then when she pulls off, it's a sign that says um, Mexico and USA. And she took the route to go back to the USA. I think she might be close to the border at this point. I think she's in Baja. Maybe. I think she's close to the border. Uh-huh. but. I'm interested to see what is happening at the border at this point. Right. So I think the whole point of that whole little flashback scene was to show how much Ophelia really cared for this man. She loved him and she's she's going to well, go get him. As you said before, um, Ophelia, because she seemed very dedicated to her parents. And to me, I always got this vibe that she was too afraid to live on her own, like to go off on her own. Like she talked to like when she discussed this with um, Chris and mm-hmm. on the boat, mm-hmm. how she had a guy and she said it just didn't, she was dating a guy, but she chose her parents. Yes. And I don't think it was fear though, of being on her own. Not, that's not, not exactly no, no. what she's afraid of. Yeah. Not fear of being on her own, but fear of leaving her parents because she knows like, even when her mom was talking about how, they sacrifice and they would do anything for the daughter and mm-hmm. the mom and she get and she knows that because she knows her parents' story. Right. So she feels that like when she was talking to the fiance mm-hmm. or the boyfriend, mm-hmm. oh, you know, they're old and you know they're getting on their own. My mom doesn't speak English. Right. They can't be left alone. And so she's she's worried about them. So if she leaves, who's going to take care of her parents? Because she knows how much they sacrifice to get her. To where she needs to, where she is. I think she, in my opinion, she worries for nothing. That's usually the thing. And I, I think that her parents would have figured out a way to care. Because, I mean, let's put it this way. They raised her. They escaped a war-torn country. They survived, have a nice little thriving business in the States. So I thought she she's just worried, oh, I'll leave and they're old and they won't know how to do things without me. And it'll be so hard on them. But I think she underestimates and worried too much. And so what are some predictions? Uh, what do you think predict? Well, what do you think? Well, what do you predict will happen? I don't have predictions, but I have hopes. I hope Ophelia gets to get, finds her man and I hope he's not a zombie. I, <laughs> on that note, I really hope that Ophelia really, I hope she does find him because she's going on one hell of a journey to like, and risking everything because she lost everything and she doesn't have any hope. And the last time we saw her, she's like, she was so sad. She was sad. She was lonely. And she was talking about family and she doesn't have any family. And, and you know, you can mention how you remember what the dad told Ophelia, 
you know, when it comes down to saving her daughter or her kids, who do you think she would save? You know what I mean? Which is sad because Madison, she takes promises that she's made very seriously. And that's why she's like, got to go find Ophelia because I told her dad. I will look after her. Mm-hmm. So I think that's something that does that does bother Madison. And so I think if she could get her children in one place where she feels they are safe, in quotes, then she can go and do rescue others. Because <laughs> that's her personality. Remember, she was a high school counselor, so she was probably trying to rescue everybody. And I mean, that happened in the school setting in the in the first season. Um as when she was going through the school, she was trying to make sure everyone got out. Mm. So, yeah, that she does have a save them all personality. And that's why I think because Nick, because like when she says a mother knows her child and when that argument between her and Alicia, like you risked everything for somebody who may not be Nick. And she said, oh, I, a mother knows when, you know, someone's talking about her child. Well, she, she just a mother knows it. And she's like, I'm your child. And I don't understand. <laughs> and I was I was kind of glad that she said, I'm kind of glad that this didn't come up. If when you become a mother, you will know. There's no guarantees Alicia will become a mother. I know. That's what I'm saying. I'm glad that did not come up. because I, I know. I hate like, that argument. You like, won't understand till you're a mother. It's like, so I'm brain dead. So I birthed a life. And then I'm like, oh, oh, my God. All of a sudden it makes sense. Oh, <laughs> I've been bequeathed the knowledge of the ages. Of the universe just came to me. <laughs> um, another prediction I have, um, because, oh, we forgot to mention that um, at La Colonia, at the tail end of the La Colonia story was the fact that Nick. Oh, they've is, been found. Nick is walking around mm-hmm. the, the wall and he sees someone in the distance and it's the, the drug dealer. So I think this leads me to believe that something's going to happen because they didn't give the oxy and he really wants that oxy cotton for his dope head sister. He's going to they're going to figure out a way to bust through the um the walkers. The All you got to do is just drive through it. Yeah, but you still got but you're going to attract them to you. And remember, when you get zombies in herds, they become really strong. So you can't, you won't, you'll get stuck like that. And then you're dead. So I think what's going to happen, they're going to bust in, get through the zombies, but then La Colonia is going to get burnt to the ground. Alejandro is going to get bitten and die. (laughs) I think it's a a Shakira song. You're still on that. I don't know. No, there's not a song. There's nothing with Alejandro. I don't know any Spanish songs named Alejandro. But I think... Also, once the um, the walls have once the wall come tumbling down, another Christian reference, the, the Battle of Jericho. Then you have um, Nick and Luciana escaping to the hotel, which then brings the gangsters to the hotel. So those are my predictions, and plus. What opens up, everyone has seen the lights in the distance, so then everyone's going to come and want to live there. Those aren't predictions. That's that's the previews for next episode. Well, that was the preview for next episode, <laughs> but I just think that, but I did give a prediction that the gangsters are going to destroy La Colonia and move on to the I hotel. I think both the hotel and La Colonia will be destroyed. Well, because that's the Walking Dead, that's because the Walking that's Dead way. Because that's Sodom and Gomorrah. 
Well, I'm just saying that's the Walking Dead way. You, I know you, you get gotta to a place, burn you gotta them burn out a safe place and move them on. Yep, there you go. Keep them on the road. So, do you have anything else that you like to add? None at all. And on that note, I am your boy Khalif, and I'm your girl Jamise. Don't forget to watch next week's episode Sunday, uh, nine eight central on AMC.